shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. It's been said that there are two things none of us can avoid, death and taxes. Today on our show, we're going to talk about both those things, how to plan for both of those things, something perhaps we don't want to chat about, but that are of uh, quite quite a good bit of importance. Here on the show is Mr. Adam Hicks of Lanier Law Group. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here today. Yes, so uh, happy to have you. I've, I've known Adam for quite a, quite a while. We uh, interact in several different circles and glad to know him. And uh, through those circles, I've heard different updates from Adam of how his firm has evolved and great things that he's done. And I said, I, I want to have Adam on the show. So Adam, tell us a little bit about Lanier Law Group. Uh, Lanier Law Group is a law firm that I started uh, in 2017 and have been working on building our team and our practice and our philosophy uh, for the last six years. And we uh, continue to enjoy uh, consistent growth. Um, We're able to serve our community. It's been quite a blessing uh, to us how we are able to serve the community and and help the lives in many families. I love it. So you're helping the lives of many families, uh, primarily with estate planning, right? So which is where the death and taxes come in. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, all right. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on your statement, but we'll come back to that. I like to be. All there right. You go. We don't even have to wait. Challenge challenge me away, Adam. Challenge me away. Well, all right. So uh, you've heard, like you said, people have heard all their lives that death or taxes are the two things that are certain, death and taxes. Right. right? Clearly, no one's going to argue, we will all die. But I think you would also agree with the sentence, there's a lot of uncertainty around tax. Yes. Right? For sure. Yeah. So Tennessee... Texas, Florida, all voted out the state income tax. Did you know that Georgia has proposed that legislation years in a row, years and years and years in a row? It just never it never passes. So if you would agree with the sentence that there is uncertainty around tax, you're left with what is the other thing that is as certain as death, right? Right. Because there is one thing that is just as certain as death. Okay. And that is 100% of everything you own will be owned by someone else. Mm. Right. So think about that just for a minute. The, the big truck you have on your farm? Yes. You own it? Currently. And it's going to one day be owned by somebody else. That's right. The farm itself is going to one day be owned by somebody else. Right. So have you taken the steps to make sure that that transition of ownership is going to happen the way you want it to? Or... Is it an uncertainty in your life? And so mm. one of the things that we help people do is, is take a look at if, if we really think about 100% of everything we own is going to one day be owned by somebody else, then we're left with needing to answer four questions about everything that we own. All right. Which is, what do we own? Okay. How do we own it? All right. Who do we want to own it next? How do we want that asset to transfer? Because there's multiple ways to transfer assets. Some can happen automatically upon death. Some will require probate court involvement. Some may pass by contract. Mm -hmm. 
right? So many people don't recognize that how do you want something to transfer, right? Right. The vehicle you drove in here today, do you know who owns it? Me. You individually? Yes. Are you sure, Phil? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I love when people say I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right? I don't think Mama Benelli's on there because she wasn't there when I got it, and I probably didn't know her social or something, but she probably should be. Well, I sure want her to have it if I pass away today. Well, how about if you had a stroke and couldn't sign the back of the title and she wanted to get rid of your car? How does she get it transferred? Mm. Right? So you got to think about how do you want something to transfer, right? So the only two things that are certain in life is death and, the and transfer 100% of, of everything assets. you own will be owned by somebody else. I, I, I love this topic. And, you know, I, I find working with business owners, right? You know, they're busy building up the business. Yes. It takes a lot of time. And and often that comes with a dream of things that they want for their family. Yep. Right? Um, <clears throat> but they, you know, for the most part, just like anyone else, they don't want to think about dying. Nope. And they're busy. So they don't want to take the time to do this planning. And there's a lot of planning that is needed. And not only that, it's not a one-time thing, right? Because I have a will. Right now, and I have four kids. They're 11, 9, 7, and 5. What my will and my estate plans look like today and what they'll look like 10 years from now and 20 years from now are probably immensely different, right? So it's, it's an evolving, evolving creature Yeah, it's an evolving time. thing. You've been in your day job, a banker right. for a year or... 20-something? Uh, 15 or 16. Business banking. Yep. Ever been involved with, or somebody in one of your departments been involved with a business where the owner died and he was the only one on all the accounts? Yes. How much fun was that? Not fun for the for the beneficiaries of the estate, et cetera, or other folks running the business. And that's another thing, business owners out there, the bigger the business gets, the more complex, the more this is of infinite importance and in having your buy sell agreement in place how are you going to pay for the transfer of the ownership your ownership in the business Do you have why, life and why phil because guaranteed 100%, 100%. of everything you own including the single member llc mm-hmm. when he dies that llc ownership has to go somewhere right do you like war stories sure yeah so uh, i represented a widow okay she was in her early 60s. Um, her husband ha- had come up with a pretty good business idea, which was to uh, buy a bunch of land south of Atlanta when they started regulating trucks and truckers couldn't stay on the road. They actually had to pull off because they were being monitored electronically, right? All right. So he bought a bunch of land on these remote exits, cut the trees down, put gravel down, leased it to trucking companies. Great business model. 10 grand a month in income, single member LLC, 62 year old male, prime of his life, um, healthy, single member LLC, only person on the bank account for the, for the company that mm. po- deposited all the leases. He died. He dropped dead of the, unfortunately, a widow maker, the heart problem. Mm. No will, mm. a wife and two kids, grown kids, Ooh. single member LLC, and now because the LLC owner had passed away, there was no member that could elect a new manager. 
So he was the only manager. The manager, as you know, as a banker, you need proof that who can be banking on behalf of the business, right? And since he didn't have a will, there was no so then executor, right? That's, the wife had to do what's called an administration. And she had to involve her kids because they now owned a third of the business, right? Remind me to talk to you about the will that the state writes for everyone. But <laughs> the state's will said she got a third and each kid got a third of the LLC. So then they had to go through, get the proper authorization for her just to vote the members of the LLC. Then once she got the ability to vote the members of the LLC, no corporate documents, no LLC operating agreement, none of that. Mm. She then had to get that together, and it took her six months to get the proper paperwork to the bank so that the bank would let her in into the account. And I certainly understand as a banker, you can't just willy-nilly let somebody, hey, I showed up, hey, listen, that was my husband's business. He said it's okay <laughs> yeah. if I get in the account, right? All right. How far do you get with that? Yeah, we're, we're helping somebody with that right now um, that had a relative who passed away and um, and and luckily there was a will with an executor, but without that bank account, they wouldn't have had to probate the will just based on the assets. Right. And then now they do because you know there's paperwork that we have to get um, to handle that. So uh, so much that goes into that. So much that goes into that. So let's dive in more after our break here on North Georgia Business Radio X. So we know from Adam how all things are going to happen. As we know, we'll all go to our grave one day. Yep. As morbid that sounds, really it's not. It's, it's, it's a fact of life. It is. And our assets will all be owned by someone else. But now on North Georgia Business Radio X, we're going to talk about, although we all know what the end will be, we all have a different beginning and route to get there. So there Adam, go. that's what I want to hear about yeah. next. So Adam... And we're going to dive back into what you guys do. Right. I got very excited because it's 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 crazy to call estate planning great stuff, but it really is because you need I don't think it. it's crazy, Phil. I think Well, it, I know I you've dedicated your life to it and you do a wonderful job at it. But let's talk about how you got there. You've got a you've got a, a great story, great background. How how did how did Adam Hicks as we know him come to be? Yeah, that's uh thank you for asking. I always like talking about myself, you know. <laughs> um so uh my father was an attorney. All right. His father was a judge. Uh, I have two uncles that also went to Mercer Law School. I have a brother that went to Mercer Law School. So I was the sixth person in my family in three generations to go to Mercer Law School. Wow. Um, so my my plan, I think, had always been to become an attorney, but uh, right out of high school, graduated Johnson High School here in 1982. Uh, I went to Annapolis to attend the Naval Academy. All right. Um, graduated from the Naval Academy in 1986. Served as a surface warfare officer for six years. Uh, got out of the Navy and went to Mercer Law School. I was uh, old for my class. I was all the way up to 27. Oh, and I was ancient. the old man of, of my law school class. Um, and you, you, you were older probably by about four or five years in age. But then think about how much tremendously older you were in terms of life experience. 
Yeah, I, I was uh, married, had a child, and um, so anyway, uh, went to law school. Just uh, I thought that's what I should do, right? That's what uh, the family business was, uh, being an attorney. Although, uh, while I was on active duty in the Navy, both my father and brother were actively uh, practicing law as trial lawyers, and they were both pretty unhappy mm. and both really discouraged me from going to law school. Mm. I thought, well, hey, it'll be different for me because I'm not like you guys. Of course, you we know more than our parents know, right? Um, but got out of the got out of law school, um, and uh, the uh, salary expectations were not what I had, uh, or my expectations were much higher than reality in 1995. Okay. Um, so you know, I was a little little nonplussed initially, um, and then. Uh, so I, I started out of law school as a prosecutor in our Hall County Courthouse here ah. uh, with then-elected solicitor Jerry Riley, and uh, Kathy Gosling was the judge in state court where we practiced. Um, did that for a year and a half, tried a bunch of jury trials. That was great, little Perry Mason stuff, got that out of the system. And then I ultimately ended up at Stuart Mellon and Frost, where I had the honor of working for Woody Stewart in the estate planning uh, department of Stuart Mellon and Frost. Oh, wow. And um, at the time, the, the estate tax limit uh, was well under, it was like $650,000. So most of the people that we were dealing with were facing estate tax problems. So we were doing a lot of estate tax minimization strategies. Those are not as important today. The current federal limit for um, an estate size that you can have and not be subject to estate tax is uh, just a tick under $13 million. So it's a considerably different problem. Uh, then than it was today. Uh, unfortunately, um, we were practicing under the billable hour model, which is a lot of lawyers do that. They bill their time in six-minute increments. Mm -hmm. uh, clients hate getting bills that said, you know, I called you, we talked for three minutes, you sent me a $90 bill or whatever. Um, and uh, that was unpleasant for me. Um, and I found out clients weren't calling to ask me questions. They didn't want their bill to go up. And while I was uh, thrilled to have such a fantastic mentor in Woody Stewart, um, th that just uh, the, the business model for law was uh, not uh, fulfilling to me in the way that I had hoped. And I actually left the practice of law seven years after I got out of law school. And many people don't know that. Um, there are uh, jobs in the corporate sector for estate planning attorneys. They're called advanced markets attorney. I worked for AXA Equitable Insurance Company. And uh, it was a great job uh, over off McFarland Road. And uh, unfortunately, they cut that department in half seven months after I got there. Mm. Uh, I'd had to get a securities license to get that job. So I took my securities license, still not wanting to practice law, and became a financial advisor, fully licensed financial planner uh, for six years from 03 to 09. And uh, when that uh, career had run its course, I got a job in Buckhead. As the general counsel of a company that bought and sold life insurance policies. Hmm. And uh, many people said, you drive to Buckhead every day? I said, yes, I do. Uh, they pay me every two weeks to do that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and so um, in 2015, I turned 50 and quit driving to Buckhead uh, every day after six years and uh, started practicing law out of an office in my house just as a true solo. Um, had to go back to the billable hour model. I didn't know what else to do. That was a lot better when I got to bill it and keep it. Yeah. That was a lot better. But yep. two years into that, I was pretty much back into the rut where clients didn't like the billable hour model. Uh, 
It discourages conversation. It That's does an discourage conversation. So I yeah. um, reached out to a friend of mine who had adopted a different model. It's the flat fee billing model for all the estate plans that he does. And uh, he was very gracious to teach me how he did that. And in uh, 2017 is when I made that shift. And so uh, most of the work we do at, at Lanier Law Group is on a flat fee basis. Um, we only do work for people. Uh, that requires them to write us a check after we have written down in writing what I'm going to do for them and what they're going to pay us. And then it doesn't matter how many phone calls, how many texts, how many meetings. I tell people I get a little surly about the eighth or ninth meeting, but we still, uh, I'll honor that. Uh, and so that really changed my life, made me, uh, gave me the ability to say after 25 years that I actually enjoy practicing law. Great. Because I didn't for, for a long time. And uh, I've got three full-time employees and a part-time employee. We're in the Bank of America building behind Two Dog. And that's where we meet our clients and do our work. And as I say, I'm uh, happy to say I actually enjoy doing what I do now. I love that. Uh, if you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Adam Hicks of Lanier Law Group. Uh, one takeaway from that is, you know, so 25 years practicing law with a brief hiatus. Um, and it took quite a while before you enjoyed, and I, I know from speaking to you, you thoroughly enjoy it. Yes. And from what I can tell, you enjoy, well, you enjoy the technical aspects of the work. You love getting to serve clients with something very important for them. And so I think a key for the audience to to recognize is that, you know, we can be, when we're in a rut, when we're not liking something, we're unhappy, we can blame some things that maybe we shouldn't blame. So it wasn't the law. It wasn't the practice of the law. You, you, you like the practice of the law. It was really the application of how you're doing it. And then just the model. At the end of the day, that billable hour model versus the flat rate model, it's a it's a big billing shift, but it's not it didn't change the work of what you're doing with estate planning. It just changed the way you got compensated and allowed the way you communicate to therefore change for the better. So maybe there's some little things, audience, that you could tweak. If you're in a rut, you know, if you're if you are having some issues, unhappiness, what can you change besides throwing the baby out with the bathwater? And uh, take a moment to get some clarity on that because when you're in that rut, it's hard. It's hard to think of different things, but explore, explore them, because there might be solutions out there for you, just like Adam found. And now Adam's loving life. So, um, before we go to this next break, I do want to hear: Have you seen a, a pretty meaningful difference in the communication with your clients? from that that they're not they're not wanting to hesitate to call you because they don't want to get billed yeah absolutely i mean as i say we have we have a letter we have an engagement letter this is what you're going to pay me this is what i'm going to do for you and it doesn't matter how many times you call me or text me and uh, uh fortunately uh routinely people stand up and say this is one of the best experiences we've had with an attorney in our life i love it all right we're going to dive more into that when we get back after this break on north georgia business radio X. How do you compete in the marketplace? How many different people do what you do? Are you intimidated? 
because of how many others there are. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Adam Hicks of Lanier Law Group. And Adam, when I'm listening to you, and especially when I'm listening and continue to hear, you know, how uh, passionate you are about what you do, you know, I don't hear a lot of folks in your line of work that, that are that excited. What are the differences in your model? It seems like it's fairly unique. Well, I think that one of the things that doing the flat fee model has allowed us to do, um, and then also just um, understanding where our provision comes from. Mm. Uh, you know, my provision does not come from my uh, ability to, quote, sell, as you said earlier. Yep. Um, so our firm is very education-based. Um, certainly in the early years of my state planning practice, with the need for so many people to have estate tax minimization strategies that uh, Woody Stewart was brilliant at. Um, there wasn't really a good call to have the time to educate people. Cause again, we're charging them by the hour. They're mm-hmm. like, I don't really need to understand how the watch is made. Just tell me what time it is. <laughs> yep. And so a lot of my early training was very parental, if you will. I would meet the Phil and Mama Benelli's of the world and find out generally what they own and what I would say, Phil, this is what you need. And then most people would say, okay, this is what you say I need. And I'd get the executor names and draft their documents. That's not what we do today. Uh, Every client that we work with today is a pretty smart person. And and I know that if they learn some of the things that, that I've had the benefit of learning, about planning, they're going to make their own decision as to what works for them because I don't want to presume that I know what is best for them. I just want to make sure that I help them understand what they didn't know they didn't know um, so that they can make a decision about what planning works for their family. All families are different. Adam, I love that. And I could see as a specialist, as a professional, sometimes people might like the more parental role. They're the expert. They want to just dictate and um the the professionals uh service professionals i enjoy working with the most are educators it's a funny comparison but my large animal vet Mm. i love working with dr rob because he is always about teaching there's a lot of things he could bill me for that he ends up not billing me for because he's taught me how to do it so i don't need him for those i just do those things and he likes that he likes to educate and empower and that makes me always want to use Dr. Rob when I need a vet. Right. And it seems like it's so much more fulfilling. I can see you get the joy from educating. Uh, absolutely. We start all of our client engagements with a two-hour education session. And uh, I, I tell people at the beginning of that session, there's a couple of things you need to do to earn that session for free. And you can find out about that by checking us out on the website or giving us a call. And what is um, the website while we're on that? Note? Yeah, it's www.lanierlawga.com. Lanierlawga.com. 11 Check letters. Lanierlawgeorgia, GA for Georgia, dot com. All right. Um, but we start off with the education session. Uh, we do a lot. I, I set aside uh, about three hours on my calendar, an hour to get ready, and then two hours to do the session. Uh, that I do give to people for free if they do our homework um, and a couple other things. And uh, I get to start that meeting knowing that I'm going to educate this client. I'm going to make sure they leave with the questions that they came with answered. Mm -hmm. And they may or may not decide to engage us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
I know that they're at least going to leave with a positive, hopefully positive experience, at least learning about the things that put that were on their heart that had them come and meet with us. And you know that you did a great job. Uh, Folks, if you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, we're so glad you're here. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with the one and only Adam Hicks of Lanier Law Group. So, Adam, uh, two questions. First one, when you're setting up someone's estate for them, there are multiple steps. And you mentioned the number of meetings uh, that that can occur. Uh, I would imagine sometimes people drag their feet about some of the steps because it's hard to get people engaged in estate planning at all and then once they get going it that you know that slowness might come back so what do you do to try to motivate your clients to stay on that path that you've set to get them to the finish line of having their estate where it needs to be well uh we have a set process all right and uh, we're very diligent at moving clients through that process okay um so when you say you're diligent about moving them through it, how does that play out? So you, I know you're going to be diligent in doing your part of the process. What if they're supposed to get information to you and they're taking forever? Do you just send them email reminders? How do you uh, keep that uh, rolling? I let people know that we do not allow people to succumb to the greatest obstacle to estate planning, which is procrastination. All right. So I'm just, I get a commitment from them and say, um, you're, you're going to engage me. And I let people you know, get the greatest motivator, we typically take payment up front. Perfect. And so uh, we tell them, you've, you've engaged us, you've paid us, we're going to make sure you finish this process. Um, and so we're going to perhaps call you more than you want to be called. But uh, our commitment to you is that we're not going to let this drag out months and months and months and months. Our typical engagement cycle is two months from the, from the first meeting. People are done. That's great. Yeah, we're we've we've got their plan executed and and they're on and they are in a much better position than they were before they came for our education session. I love that clear expectations that you have set and communicated based on the cur- the common pitfalls which you know from your experience. Yes. So you know those pitfalls. You set clear expectations. You get a commitment so that you can hold accountable. And you've already collected their money, so that's some commitment too. It's like, hey, I've already paid for it. I better get my money out of it. Exactly. Fantastic. And 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 you know, from a business standpoint, uh, obviously, cash flow for all business owners is is very important. Um, you know, the the business owner that has fifteen great prospects that won't ever call them back um, isn't keeping their business open and supporting the families that work for them. Right. And, and that was a mindset shift that I had to go through. Um, you know, that, that, uh, the, the way we collect fees is, uh, supportive of our team, of our staff, of our family, and mm-hmm. ensures that our company is here and open and thriving so that we can continue to serve both our past clients. Uh, and then of course, new clients, both uh, profit and, Collection of cash flow are moral imperatives if your business is improving the world and making a difference. And and we get to know that, that we're in business to serve and educate our community. I love it. I love it. And you're doing it yeah, with pizzazz. So, pizzazz. With pizzazz. There you go. So you've got this engagement. It generally takes two months, which I think is fantastic. Then they're all set. But as we talked about at the onset... Things change in people's lives. So 
what is the process for down the road stay you know helping with updates or assess when updates are needed what does that look like so uh, in our structured process when people pay us a flat fee um, the, also included in that is every three, three years we're going to reach out to you and see if and give you an opportunity to come in and talk about your plan okay and that's included in the initial flat fee wow yeah so a three-year review we also have a membership program that that people can participate in that gives you more access to us uh, but that, that that has an annual fee for folks that want that. Okay, fantastic. And there are questions because look, tax law change, estate laws change, moves happen. You know, uh, new son-in-laws come into the picture. You need somebody to be able to talk to. I tell you what, you know, being a banker, I like numbers, I like finance, I like accounting. I used to really enjoy. It's going to sound crazy. I used to enjoy doing my taxes. Sure, I'd get in there and TurboTax, go go at it. And when I um. Switched over to having a professional CPA. The biggest thing I it did it for was be, for ongoing advice. Right. I just love being able to call people who are smarter than me when I have questions. It's fantastic. It is. I do it, of course, with my uh, tax advisors, my business coaches, uh, CFO coach, fractional CFO, fractional CEO. All right. When we get back, then we're going to talk about coaching. Yep. Because I have seen you grow and me grow through coaching. So we'll talk about that when we get back on North Georgia Business Radio X. Today, talking about the growth of Lanier Law Group, who's helping you grow? Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Adam Hicks of Lanier Law Group and our handy-dandy cowbell, which we like to ring just because it's fun. That's right. You could use more cowbell. Who couldn't? So, Adam, a big part of your business is education. Right. And I love, love, love soaking in your excitement for education. I love educating people, too. At the farm, we have farm tours. That's like my favorite thing. Saturdays, I'm so busy doing projects that I couldn't do because I'm working all week. But every Saturday at 10, we have farm tours because I love to educate. And right. you love to educate, too. Yep. And with that, I know that you have heavily invest in getting educated. So what do you do to educate yourself? And how has that played into the growth of your practice? Well, you and I both uh, participated in, in a similar program uh, just on personal development, and and that had a tremendous impact in my life in just learning about uh, how to be a businessman, how to, you know, in, in the practice of law, I used to think that the way that my business would get better is that I could learn more law. Right. And that wasn't it. Because mm -hmm. uh, I would learn more law and, it, and things didn't change. Uh, and then I began uh, doing things similar to you, exercises where we're coaching, we're working on trying to be intentional about our actions, not uh, doing as much as you can to not have your wheels spinning throughout the day. Mm -hmm. um, and even so much so, one of the paradigm shifts that I've had through coaching is uh, I, I frequently tell people I'm not an attorney anymore. Mm. I'm an entrepreneur mm. that owns a business 
that sells legal services. Mm. And and I've approached that other small business owners and said, hey, are you, you know, are you this? Are you a, a pressure washer person? Hell yeah, that's what I do. No, you're an entrepreneur that owns a business that sells pressure washing services or pick your service. Um, but that allows me to understand that I, I need to run a business that needs to be profitable. Um, I need to be okay with making profit. I need to understand what mm -hmm. activities that I might do. You and I know the four quadrants, you know, not staying in, not urgent and not important, mm -hmm. uh, or being stuck in the forest fire of urgent and important. Got to, got to put out fires. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've trained myself to live in different quadrants where I'm doing important things that aren't as urgent. I'm doing things that grow our business. I'm doing things that grow my team so that they're working in a, an environment that's fulfilling to them. And I've, I've, I've learned so much how that can change your life and your outlook. And it certainly changed my life and my outlook personally, just learning to grow with myself and understand how to take actions that are going to really cause change in my business and my personal life. I love that. And that, uh, it, yeah, when you thought about earlier on how could you improve your business or your law practice, you thought, I want more technical skills. Right. But the technical skills you needed were not in your profession. It was in your management. And think about, it took to, after 25 years, you love what you do in law. I do. If you had been in some sort of mastermind group or something like that, you might have discovered these alternative models which allow you to serve clients at a far higher level, and enjoy it far better way earlier on. We learn so much from each other. There's a lot of power in that. A lot of power in that. A lot of power. In that. I'm learning from you today, Adam. Well, thank you. Thank you. If you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm here with Adam Hicks of Lanier Law Group, and uh, I'm your host, Phil Benelli. And as we go into our final segment, look, I get it. We're all the same, and that we're busy and we're not wanting to think about our estate and what happens after we pass away. But you need to. You really do. And uh, I like to think about when I die, my family will presumably be fairly distraught and sad. And I want everything to be so buttoned up for them that they don't have to then add the burden of figuring out really annoying stuff like how can they become signers on the account? Right. What's going to happen with the business and this and that? That needs to be taken care of so they can just mourn. Nobody wants to think about it, but you better think about it, Jack. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so I mentioned earlier, uh, one of the things I say so often, 100% of everything you own will one day be owned by somebody else. Right. Uh, there's another saying that I, I like to say with... Uh, so much frequency during our meetings that people are irritated by it and therefore remember it. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you can't be you, you need someone that can be you. If Phil can't sign the back of his title, does Mama Benelli have the authority to go and sign the back of the title for you? Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't done that in advance with a document, like a financial power of attorney, then Mama Benelli has no, no choice but to go to probate court. Mm. And have the probate judge give her the authority to be you. So if you can't be you, we need somebody to be you. Now apply that to the business owner that we referred to earlier. If you're, let's say you and I are partners in an LLC. 
And if you're the guy designated at the bank account, and maybe we haven't gotten around to putting me on it, if you can't be you, you can't walk into the lobby and say, I need to take this action with our account, then who can? So if if you haven't previously addressed that with the bank, then it's got to be addressed in your corporate documents mm-hmm. so that the proper cor- corporate path is there because I promise you, and you know well from banking, if you can't be you and somebody doesn't show up with the authority that you had, mm-hmm. nothing's happening. That's right. Nothing's happening. You're not transferring, remember, 100% of everything you own will one day be owned by somebody else. If Mama Benelli had to sell the farm after you died, how, who goes to the closing? Does Mama Benelli have the authority to go sell the farm at the closing? And so these are all things not to scare people, but you just got to understand, if you can't be you, we need somebody to be you, right? And, and, and are you, have you taken the steps to put down a path that you just mentioned. Does my family know who do I want to own it next and how they're going to get it? Because the asset has to be transferred. And if you've spent a lot of time building up a business enterprise, you likely take for granted how much you know and do that other people just will not know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so much wrapped up in it. Um, and this is important too. If you if you one day want to sell your business, to be having a plan of, or having a system in place of how you know how you can be replicated. Because if you can, this is going down a little side path. But if you can't, if the business can't right. run without you, that's right. You can't sell that business. That's right. So yeah, and then you know, just speaking of businesses, you and I mentioned it uh, during the break. But uh, again, if you have two business partners say two college buddies get together they start this business it grows great gangbusters and they love each other maybe their wives are okay with each other but they don't love each other right and one of them dies the guy probably doesn't want to be business partners with his buddy's widow right have you taken the steps to document how to get out of that situation and it's very it can be laid out very simply but it has to be laid out i talk to people about you need to settle a business breakup or a business divorce, if you will, while you're still happy with each other. Mm. Good documents Mm -hmm. make great business partners. Oh, yes. And I say this all the time, Adam, that, you know, the more you like somebody and you might think, oh, we don't need to formalize everything. (laughs) I've never heard that one. We're friends, you know, we're, no, and we're family, you know. The more you like somebody, the more you better formalize (laughs) formalize in the form of documents because- Just like you set clear expectations with your clients based on your experience so you can get where everybody needs to go, you've got to set everything on paper so there's no need for disagreement. If it's all documented beforehand and you put it in place while you like each other, there's nothing to argue about. It's here on this piece of paper. Follow the directions. Follow the directions. Clarity is the cure. Uh, Just clarify, clarify, clarify. How do you want it to transfer? That's right. And I know a guy who could help you come up with the questions or ask you the questions that only you can answer to help you figure that out. His name is Adam Hicks, Linear Law Group GA. Check him out. He'll take care of you. Now, Adam, this has been a joy. We're going to wrap up the show with um, one of our Business Radio X favorites, which is a end-of-the-show wrap-up. So give me rapid-fire three things that we're going to do a freestyle about. Any three things. Freestyle? Oh, yep. oh, oh, yeah. Everything you own is going to one day be owned by somebody else. Okay. If you can't be you. We'll just go with that. Yeah, go with that one. You can. 
If you can't pay you, who is going to do it? If they can't sign the account, the bank will say, screw it. Who's going to have your stuff? How's it going to get there? If you think you don't, then I know that you will care. If your widow's going to have problems, well, you could solve it. Adam Hicks, you know, he'll take it and resolve it. All right, we got a great show next. Everybody enjoy your weekend North Georgia business. Radio X! been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. See you next time and remember to support our local businesses.